going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. to it, folks. Back on a Monday. 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 I was uh, just telling Troy, who's here in studio. How's it going, man? Hey, buddy. This is the theme to Toast of London by Matt Berry, who plays Toast. And it doesn't play like when the the actual show, they'll do like a little open to the show and it's something absurd. It's like, you screwed my wife, Toast! Or his agent. It's just crazy British comedy. And then that little theme, doom, 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 it just puts me in such a good mood. So that's what I was listening to this morning. That and I still can't get off 1979's Dynasty by Kiss. In particular, the song Charisma. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play it going out. Okay. Uh, it's cheesy, formulaic, but I like it. You want to turn your headphones down? Yeah. Oh, my. Who was sitting there before that was dead? Oh, I was. But it, it was too loud for me. It, yeah, that's really loud, dude. I just didn't say anything to Greg. Well, you know how much electric guitar I played directly into headphones. It's true. Yeah. I'm a bit deaf. I'm a bit deaf. But, uh, you know, timing is important. Time anniversaries, birthdays. For instance, it's my cousin Annie's birthday today. She turned 18. Wow. And so we're going to celebrate after the show. Family's getting together. Going to have a meal. Say happy birthday. Uh, you know, over on, off Taylor Road. They're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to give them a free plug. Bet. Yeah, but um, I'm going to eat some prime rib. That's really? I looked up the menu. I'm eating some prime rib tonight. I had some steak for dinner tonight. Oh, what kind of steak? I love this topic. Uh, the meat kind. The meat? Was it a New York strip or a I, porterhouse? Honestly, I, or? I, it wasn't anything rib like eye? a porterhouse. It was, I think it was a ribeye. I genuinely can't recall the cut of meat. I was just busy shoveling it into my face. Now, did it have a lot of marbling on it? A lot of fat to it? No. Or was there more like a strip of fat just down one side? Down one side. That was definitely a New York strip. It was really good. I know my steaks these days. Yeah. I've been eating and cooking a lot of steak. I seasoned it with, uh, it's called Worcestershire Pub Burger. Mmm. It's a type of seasoning. Ooh. Yeah. See, with uh, a really good ribeye, just salt and pepper, basted in butter with some garlic smashed into the butter as you're basting on high heat, really good. That's what I do with a ribeye. With a porterhouse, I like to add a little sweetness to it with some spicy. So I'll get some kind of chili flake or something, some kind of spice. And then I'll add, uh, Fresh Market does this like maple bacon 
rub. It's really good. And it actually doesn't add that much. I looked at the nutritional facts. It's more the, the hint of maple without it throwing on a bunch of sugar, like brown sugar. And so that's really good on a porterhouse. New York Strip, real salty. Like some of that uh, that southern seasoning. It's, it's like uh, black kind of charcoal salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good on a New York. That's how my dad used to make steak. That's usually the cut he would go with, a, a nice strip. Fillets. It's oh, it's too expensive. Yeah, you got. I gotta with be no feeling. Fat. Gotta be feeling fancy. Yeah, and it's there's no fat on it. Like it's very tender, and you get a little bit of a fillet, I believe, when you cook up a porterhouse. That's one side of the T-bone. Yeah, but, if uh, I had to, if I had to choose, I think if we're going just based off fillets, mm-hmm. I would probably go with like a tuna steak fillet. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to cook that much either. No, just sear it. Mm-hmm. Both That's, sides. It's very good. If you're feeling frisky, Italian dressing ha- has enough acidity in it as a very good... Uh, oh, I don't, don't want to say like ceviche, but you can use it as a marinade. Ooh, like, in, if folks can hear, because it's going to happen, my stomach grumble. I've been pretty much drinking coffee all day after having a protein shake, a big one this morning. So I've been waiting. So if it makes a weird sound in the middle of the show, you'll know what that is. You waited all day? Yeah, I've been waiting all day. I, I, I've been doing intermittent fasting or eating since it before it became cool. I didn't even know it was a thing. It's just yeah. my schedule. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think at this point we've probably moved beyond a BM, and it's going to be a BS. Oh, yeah, maybe. A symphony. It might be. I'm, I'm actually pretty regular. Yeah? Yeah, I've been doing it. I mean, I, dude, you know, when I went on that hot sauce kick, though? Yeah. The muffler was having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But I, th- I thank you for the baby wipe suggestion. It's. Yeah. It really does come in handy. <laughs> it does. It does come in handy. No, you were telling me that you've been watching a British show. Oh, yeah. And I'll, we'll get back to timing and anniversaries and birthdays when I was going on in a second. But you've been watching some British TV. What have you been watching? Usually, it's the last thing I watch before bed because it's all pretty dry. Mm. But Grand Designs on Netflix, I really, really, really enjoyed. And then lately, it's been Love Your Garden. Love Your Garden. Well, everybody's into it now, the organic gardening. Oh, no, these these guys just show up and, like, uh, it's it's usually for a caretaker of some sort. Okay. So a family member has a motor neuron disease or something like that. Mm, Motor neuron disease. And their their back garden is just in shambles. Oh, so this is like they need it for aesthetic reasons. And accessibility. And accessibility. Yeah, and so Alan Titmarsh just shows up ready to rock and roll. He's the host? Alan Titmarsh is the host and the executive producer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I think that really speaks to how, how f- far and how driven you are. Right. With the last name of Titmarsh. Right. To actually achieve those heights. Right. And I would, I just want to make something clear to folks who might be out there listening right now. Yes, I'm paying attention to politics. Yes, I know that Trump is going to pick his Supreme Court person tonight. He might even give him a rose. But I really, I'm getting bored with the for or against Trump stuff. I, I would rather talk about Mr. Titmarsh than listen to one more word of what Dick Durbin has to say about the Republicans picking a new Supreme Court justice. All right? That's just where I am. I would rather talk about, what's his first name? Alan. Alan, Mr. Titmarsh, than any more of the back and forth about, is it going to be a woman? 
Amy Coney <laughs> Barnett or something like that. I don't know. And I get it. Pro-life, pro-choice. It's a, the abortion argument is now back in the spotlight. Oh, happy day. Yeah. Anyway, back to timing. Timing is everything. Absolutely. Yesterday we were saying that. We went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp last night. Yeah. Featuring cameos from Ulysses S. Grant and Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and the guy who plays the head FBI agent who's supposed to watch over Ant-Man, I can't remember his name. He played oh, Kim Jong-un in The Dictator or something, or no, The Interview, the movie that got hacked by North Korea and released, but because it was hacked, it became a huge movie. Yeah, they like threw it up on Netflix right away. Yeah, and it was, it's a very funny movie. It's a, like a good D-list, but like good comedy. Mm-hmm. James Franco's Seth Rogen, I mean, it's very, very funny. And that guy played Kim Jong-un in that Randall Park. Randall Park. I love that guy. Just when somebody can just in a perplexed kind of straight man way say, what the dickens is going on here? Yeah. That was one of, I popped so hard at that. Mm -hmm. I laughed so much at that last night. But you made the point as we were leaving the theater. It was very succinct. It was a good point. I liked it. I laughed. I really enjoyed the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was all about the timing of when this movie was released. This movie would not have been as good had it come out at any other time other than following Infinity War. Just in my opinion. I agree, because Infinity War was... Heavy. Heavy. It was literally a three-hour tragedy and snuff film, as far as superhero movies go. It's what people wanted. I, Will and I left the theater last night going, is there a way we can watch Infinity War? Uh, but no, there, there wasn't a way to, to watch it. Plus, we weren't going to sit for three hours and watch another Marvel movie after watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. But because Infinity War was so heavy, so tragic... The, the, the I don't want to say brevity, because that's not the word. Levity. Yeah. It was light. Yeah. And a lot of sight gags. That's mm-hmm. what you get a lot of with Ant-Man. Because, you know, it's this intense action scene, and then they'll zoom out, and it's like him falling in the water. Boop. Yeah. It's like little things. That movie, the timing was right. Um, and I think I agree with you. If it had come out, like, between Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther or something, it probably would have been considered garbage. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, wow. we've Where can you go after Infinity War? Oh, let's make a fairly low-stakes Mom's caught in the quantum universe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's funny. I liked it. So timing is everything. But yesterday, and I will talk about this on air, um, was July 8th. Today's the 9th. Which means to the day yesterday was the day my mom passed. And a lot of people, when I posted that on the Book of Faces shared their own it was cathartic shared their own like it's still with me um, moments but I've made it a point I'll just tell folks out there maybe have lost their mother recently or lost a parent lost anybody recently that it gets better with time it does the good memories come back instead of the well to be blunt dirty kind of tragic final days that stopped being my image and I started to remember the beautiful dynamo of our family, my mother, Carol. 
and it's uh, still sad when I woke up in the morning without even really knowing it. I kind of had this heavy cloud over me. Then I realized, oh, it's July 8th. And uh, so I got on with the day. Did a workout. You just push on. Did a workout. Somebody made bacon and eggs at the house. Oh, yeah. I just burned 400 calories. Give me those bacon and eggs. Yeah. Then played Pokemon like a little kid. Pokemon. Yeah. Go? No. Like Pokemon Fire Red, the Game Boy Advance version, but on the big screen TV. Fire Red. Yeah, they for Game Boy Advance, they took the original Game Boy version. The red and blue are the two versions. Mm-hmm. And they redid it with better graphics for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, so and, it's still red. Yeah. It's just better graphics. Yes. Okay. And because we have an emulator in the Game Boy Advance, even though it was handheld, had a widescreen, it fits perfectly on our 55-inch right. TV. And so... We just kind of got lost in that. It's such a great strategy game. Where are you at? Oh, where am I at? Just caught a caught a Snorlax. In the Had to wake safari? him up. Safari? No, it's, it was Route 12, where all the fishermen are. Yeah, And yeah, Snorlax yeah. is sleeping and blocking the way, so you had to go and save the guy from the top of the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town because... The ghost tower? Yeah, the ghost yeah, tower. Yeah, so you're past the cave. Yeah. The cave was the worst part oh. of that. It was the most frustrating part of that game. I me. looked up a walkthrough. It was like, okay, how can I quickly get through this crap? Yeah. I just... It is the worst part. If I never see another Zubat again, I'm, oh. I'm going to be a happy guy. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm sitting there going, the graphics aren't that amazing, but the, like... All of us were sitting around kind of playing this collectively. Mm-hmm. Like, what moves to use, what strategy to use. And because it has such good internal logic to its gameplay, it is still fun to this day. Yep. Because some of it's just, that's not fair! Or, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, we almost lost it. And we grabbed victory from the jaws of defeat. Are you talking about when you catch a Pokemon and the ball moves? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, God, it's going to break. Or you're doing, like, a gym battle against the gym leader, and it's, like, down to you and their last Pokemon, and it comes down to, like, one final move. Who goes first? Will it miss? Will it... They're usually poisoned or put to sleep by that point. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, okay. Anyway, I think I reverted back to childhood because I felt like I needed that day. Yeah. I needed yesterday to be a day of, okay, work out. Be productive, plan your week, then relax, play Pokemon, go see Ant-Man, enjoy your day. And it was a great day. All it said, uh, not a day goes by where I don't think of you, Mom. I miss you a lot. I miss you a lot. And uh, I'll continue into this world best I can carrying that. That's how it is. At a certain point, you got to stop looking up and go, why? And say... Well, that happened. Yeah, I, I remember that day, actually. Like, Because I called you as soon as you posted it. Well, and I remember, it's weird how some things are vivid. Uh, I jumped from work, got done here with happy hour at 6, went home, and at that point I was doing a podcast called The Bunbury Report. And... I had written an article, very comic one, but scathing, kind of a polemic screed against his rotundity, Chris Christie. And his rotundity is actually an allusion to what people call John Adams when Adams was president, because he had spent too much time in Europe, so he had taken, well, to fancy himself somewhat of a royal, 
So he'd wear this purple robe with like gold tassels walking around D.C. So this congressman who wanted to test the Alien Sedition Acts, in particular the part about you can't criticize the president, he got up on a platform in the middle of D.C. and called Adams his rotundity. And so I took to calling Chris Christie that because Christie... I think I was pissed because Chris Christie doesn't really believe in the Fourth Amendment or civil rights, at least not when it comes to mass surveillance. And I was a little pissed about that. In fact, I even pointed out after a stomach stapling surgery Christie got, he lost 85 pounds. But I felt that 85 pounds, like it's a great milestone when you see that before and after photo. Like on Instagram has plenty of these, and we'll get to Instagram more in a second. But when you're just talking about one person without any photos and you're just writing an article, you really got to flesh it out for the reader. So 85 pounds is a bit too uh, abstract. I said that's essentially Chris Christie lost a like 12 year old. He lost a Labrador retriever's worth of weight. That's a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Like I've lost 30 pounds. Anyway, I'm reading this article, like performing it. In my room upstairs, the old media room at County Downs. And I'm talking into my microphone. I just finished, put down my headphones, and I look up, and my Uncle Scott, kind of a ashen face, walks in, says, She's gone, Joe. She's gone. I go downstairs and I look at her. Though it, every time I've seen a dead body, um, I wouldn't say it was her. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's like it, with my great-grandfather, with other people I've seen in open casket. It's like, that's not them. That's like, that's their body that used to be their body. Yeah. That's not them. It's weird. You can't even, you know, I know the, I guess, what is it, the mortician or the Are person you, at, who does the, the funeral, yeah, like the yeah. arrangement. They try to arrange a good expression, um, but that's my first reaction is, well, She's no longer there. Yeah. It's it's weird because it's almost like the soul is actually gone. Yes. And um, I'm open to the idea of finding out more what happens after people die. I think one of the most fascinating parts that science has yet to explain um, is the mystery of death. And especially now, as more and more people are brought back from the brink, they're technically dead and then brought back, and you get these near-death experiences. I think it's fascinating. So, I mean, I saw some skeptics dismiss it with, oh, certain types of drugs, but they're finding in certain tests they've done, those people are like, there's no chemical reaction going on. They're actually brain dead, and then they come back. Um, and it's a mystery. So I'm interested in that regard but the one thing i tell folks um who if you happen to have somebody you know who gets a geoblastoma it's what john mccain has the worst part about i remember the day july 8th 2015 vividly like i'm describing but the worst part about brain cancer is i lost my mom in her full might like months before that that was the hardest part and I didn't realize it until it was kind of too late. I think full might is really good there. Oh, yeah. Because mighty she was. 
Well, and the last thing I remember watching with her was a documentary called Five Years about David Bowie. And they picked five years throughout his career, different years. You know, like the Ziggy era and the Diamond Dogs era. Like the Let's Dance era when he recreated himself. And it made her happy watching it. Um, Those were tough days. And that's the one thing I... It's not really regret. It's just I had no way of knowing. Like somebody with brain cancer does start to lose their mind in the same way maybe somebody with Alzheimer's does. Right. And that was the toughest part. It's like I didn't get to say goodbye right before she passed. Like I had to continually say goodbye all the time. That was the toughest part. Yeah. I, I won't share the story now, but I remember you sharing some of what that was like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's some of those details. I am very forthcoming on air, but some of those details will remain with me uh, for now. But timing is everything. Yeah. And to see... uh, I didn't think I'd get choked up. To see my cousin Annie, who's now 18, going to Auburn where her dad went, where my mom went, and my mom graduated from Auburn with a nursing degree... Um, Annie is going to Auburn to become a nurse because of my mom. <laughs> Does she know what kind of nursing she's going to go into? Not yet. She'll have to figure that out. Yeah. But uh, That's really cool. That's awesome. It uh, chokes me up. So, on that note, let's hit a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about... Uh, we're going to get into that Kiss song, right? Uh, yeah, we'll get it when we come back. For now, let's just do the take my hand. This is pleasant. The toast of London. You're listening to Joey Clark Radio Hour. Be right back after this. Joey Clark. Clark. Oh. oh, you're making that face, Troy. It is good, isn't it? It's taking turns that I didn't quit. Is it my fortune or my faith? Is it my money or my name? I love this damn album. Apparently, it's the one Kiss deep, diehard Kiss fans hate because the "I Was Made for Loving You." It's they like a lot of rock bands put in a disco beat. '79 disco's huge, and like Kiss fans have been with them since '74. It's like what the hell is this crap? <laughs> but then you still get great songs like this. It's like reminds me. I listened to all the early Kiss albums. Is 
I can't get that out of my head. It's simple. I like it. Well, and I was uh, listening this morning to a lot of, you know, the, well, one was Ben Shapiro interviewing Sam Harris. Sam is definitely more left-wing with his political beliefs. Ben Shapiro is obviously more conservative. But they're part of this new thing called the intellectual dark web. That's what one of the guys in it named it. I don't really like it. I think it's trying to be too edgy. Eric Weinstein is the guy who named it. Is he familiar with the dark web? Yeah, I actually think he is. He's a pretty brilliant guy, and he he knows a lot about like coding in the internet. Hey, like, he just he just wants to be associated with that. Yes, he. Well, I think that was he's actually one of the guys who's from the left. He wanted to take that association to kind of I think piss off the people who would react to that. I suppose, in a way, it does champion the exchange of information freely. Well, right, and the people who are kind of like the main people in this dark way are like Dave Rubin and his show, um, Joe Rogan, somehow has gotten included in this. Yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan, when I look at him, though, seems like a pretty left-coast guy. Viewer content. Yeah. Or just viewers, numbers. Yeah, um, Ben Shapiro's part of it. Jordan Peterson's been thrown in with it. Sam Harris. Um, guys that don't really, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein, people that don't agree with each other on everything by any I mean, Harris is an atheist. Ben Shapiro's a devout Jew. And like part of their discussion was arguing over the existence of God. So if you're an atheist and a deterministic atheist, you don't think, believe in free will or think it's an illusion, where does morality come from, Sam? And it's not a gotcha. It's like, I am genuinely interested. Explain this to me in the little amount of time we have. And the coolest thing that, and this isn't into like Jordan Peterson's main stuff, but he's recently been asked, what's this like for you? You're just a professor at, at Toronto University. The controversy happens over the transgender stuff. Then people start latching on to your other lectures that have nothing to do with the controversy, like I did. I'm fascinated by Peterson, by his, not the controversy, but more like his lectures on the Bible. I think it's kind of taking what Joseph Campbell was doing and interpreting it in Peterson's own way. And so now he has millions of followers online, and he's doing this tour with Dave Rubin, where thousands of people are showing up to theaters to essentially listen to Peterson talk for an hour and a half about these ideas, about self-fulfillment and how do you make your own life better, which, honestly, I needed to hear. Rogan talks about this stuff, and I think that's actually the common thread with all these guys. You can put it down with a pejorative, oh, it's just self-help crap. I think what they're saying and why they're resonating with people so much is they're taking what are cliches and putting some more meat on the bones. Um, and it's, I have to say, it's helped kind of direct me. Like, wake up a little bit. How are you planning your own life out? How are you striving to be better each day? And uh, I find that fascinating. But it was a little heavy coming in. So I switched it back up to, you know, like as I was riding in today, like I got to switch it up. Hey, Siri, play. Okay, I'm ready to go on air. bit of a guitar solo here.
doesn't. It, it's formulaic, but it doesn't follow the formula. It's not taking the turns that I expect. Right. right. It's not a hard guitar, so I could play that. That's easy. Kind of uh, reminds me of what Weezer does. And I think Weezer was heavily influenced by Kiss. Like, take simple chords, like simple power chords, heavy chords. You don't have to go crazy on the guitar to do a solo, but just needs to be a little tasty and right, and then catchy lyrics. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the first verse, I totally thought the guitar was going to go up a note in the yeah. chord, and it went down a note in the chord, and I was like, uh -huh. that's when I made that face. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that. It's good. It's good. Now, I was telling you off air, and especially, like, you get in these moments when you're on social media, especially on Instagram... Oh, yeah. I've been doing the Instagram game hard. I've been yeah. posting there pretty much every night. Like, you know, a, a screenshot of the SoundCloud episode. Like, check out the latest Joey Clark Radio Hour. Sometimes I'll make a video to go along with it or some photo to go along with it. Just, you know, promoting myself a little bit. Right. And uh, when you get on Instagram, I've started to, you know, learn a few things about people. Number one, if you really compare yourself to somebody's Instagram life, you're going to feel like crap. Like, there's one guy I knew when I went to governor school in between junior and senior year at Catholic. It was a summer, two-week-long thing in the summer. Uh, thank you, John Conway, for putting me into that. And I met this guy. He was my roommate, uh, Andrew Timberlake. And he was great. I knew right then, as soon as I met him, this guy's freaking brilliant. He's going to be a socialite. And he's probably going to go on to do big, great things. So I'm looking at his Instagram, and it's like, yep, there he is in London. Oh, yep, there he is in Mexico, I believe. Well, there he is in New York City at the Plaza Hotel. Um, no, he went to Yale. That's awesome. He's, re he's visiting his alma mater, Yale. And I'm, it, part of me is like, yes, I knew it. This guy was going to go on and do incredible things. And he's probably still as funny and as charming as I remember him when we were 17 years old. But then another part of me went like, Joey, you're still in Montgomery, and you didn't go to Yale, and you don't get to go to London and Mexico and all that stuff. And, and you have to tell yourself, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. The guy's probably got his own struggles. He's got his own life. You can make a great life. Uh, and something I've heard people like Jordan Peterson talk about, don't compare yourself to other people. When you're trying to get better, don't go, ooh, you know, you might want to find somebody to emulate maybe and learn from, but if you're doing, like, your own progress, don't think about, oh, I don't look as good as that person. Think about, am I better than I was yesterday? Right. You have to use yourself as the baseline. Okay. Just remember that. Don't get envious. Yeah, don't crap on yourself. Otherwise, it's not a healthy perspective. It's not. It's not at all. Some other things I've learned... Well, I like Instagram because I do get news. Like, the WWE was in Madison Square Garden last night. It went back to MSG. And Undertaker came back. Okay. He gave the uh, Tombstone pile driver to Kevin Owens, who's my favorite heel in the company right now. Kevin Owens? Yeah, by far. He's hilarious. Hmm. Like, he's a... He's not that... He's probably like six foot... But you know how most wrestlers do the, we got a brother, hell, brother, brother, get our abs going, make sure that those pecs pushing out those pythons. Like, you know, body guys, they're always working out. Now, Kevin Owens is the opposite route. He has in-ring cardio, and he can do a great long match. 
but he eats whatever he wants. He wears a T-shirt with cut-off sleeves, and he has a huge gut. And he's great. I mean, he's very agile in the ring, but he goes the opposite route. And like the probably the biggest babyface good guy in the company right now is Braun Strowman, who used to be a world's strongest man competitor. So he's like 6'8", 300-something pounds, but he's agile, and he's the monster among men. And so KO comes out, Kevin Owens comes out one raw, I think, one Monday night, and just starts going, bad monster! You've been a very, very bad monster, Braun! <laughs> very, like, treating one of his kids, and it just made me laugh so much. So anyway, it's cool, like, oh, I can't actually watch the Madison Square Garden house show, but there's a short little video from, you know, on Instagram. There's Ronda Rousey taking on Nia Jax, and Ronda Rousey's killing it. Yeah. Yeah, she's been taking bumps like a mofo. That's good. Yeah, it's been impressive. Like, is how's she going to transition? And, that, and it, same way Brock Lesnar adds an element of real, Ronda Rousey does too. Did you see what Brock did? Oh, he's going, no, what in particular? On Saturday. What did he do? Uh, Daniel Cormier knocked out uh, mm. Steotich. Steopich? The, the heavyweight champion. Daniel Cormier is now champion. He's now the heavyweight champion. Mm. Uh, he previously had been fighting in lightweight. And then he called out Brock at the end of the match. And Brock, this was like, it was straight WWE, dude. He ran into the octagon and shoved Cormier. Whoa! Yeah. It was it was straight WWE. I'm pretty sure. I know you like that kind of stuff, but I was like, this was so staged. Oh, I know. Like, this is... I'm pretty sure Dana White and Vince McMahon are working together. Yeah? They, yeah, I'm Dana White was at WrestleMania when Brock main evented this past in April. Brock can't fight for a while because he got popped. Right. For PDs. Right. And like he had to retire last time because he had diverticulitis. Like he he became heavyweight champion with diverticulitis. Yeah, it's pretty special. That's unreal. He is a he is the beast. And his uh, by the way, anybody wants to talk for a living, look up Brock's. Advocate Paul Heyman. That guy's freaking brilliant. Really? He's Brock doesn't talk. He's not good on the mic. So they have Paul Heyman as his advocate who does his talking for him. And it's fantastic. It's always must watch TV. Is that like the guy that used to do it for The Undertaker? No, that's Paul Bearer. Yeah. Yeah, that's he's from Mobile, Alabama, actually. I think oh. Undertaker, your brother's alive. Kane is coming, Undertaker. My goodness. But uh, also on Instagram, a lot of uh, fitness models. A lot of fitness models. Now, there, there's a distinction I've found, and I follow both of them. There are some women who are in fantastic shape. And they're putting up videos and photos to show other women, here's what you need to do for your workout. And it's very clear that it is just meant for other women or anybody. Like, here, and they'll even show, like, the, here's my Instagram shot I would normally do. Here's the bloated shot after I eat. They add this element of realism. So it's like, right. you know, don't, again, compare yourself to these other people who've been working out for years. But then there's the other Instagram fitness model, women, who are doing, I'm sure, hardcore workouts. In fact, it looks like that. Other people can copy those workouts. But they're also saying, look at my butt. Can, can you say the, the M word? M word? 
Yeah. Has turbate in it. Can you say that on? Yeah, well, we get it now. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Yeah. To macerate. Yeah. Strawberries. Yeah. 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 They they really just it's like they I don't want to say they get off on the attention, but cherry pie's out there, bud. Well, and I think it's Joe Rogan who has this great bit. He's like, "What's this one girl has millions of followers, and it's just people staring at her ass." It's like, what is this world? What in the dickens is going on here? And, and a large portion of me agrees with him. And yeah. then another portion is like, but, Joe. Well, and then Joe, Joe goes, so I did some research. <laughs> yeah. All those other guys are just looking at you because they're creeps and they're desperate and they're lonely. I'm doing it because it's research for comedy. Yeah, and it's a great self-aware bit. Uh, but it is bizarre. I've noticed the difference. Like, there clearly are people on there. It's like, it's just straight sex appeal. Mm-hmm. And then you get these ads on those pages that are products for women. I'm like, most of the people looking at her are not women. But guys will buy those products for women. For their, uh, for their woman. For their significant others. Mm-hmm. Or side piece. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the song. Drives uh, DJ Fresh, who runs 97.9 Jams downstairs. Uh, Andrew, who we both know, he loves like all this new kind of what Fresh calls blues. It's kind of Southern R&B. And there's this one song. I went home to be with my side piece. No, I left home to be with my side piece. Oh, man. I don't think I can use that language in a non-ironic manner. Like, if I actually called somebody my side piece? Yeah. No. Couldn't do it. I think it it comes off the wrong way. Instagram's a weird place. It's this... I'm glad you made the decision to hop off social media. I'm still on Twitter. You're still on Twitter? Yeah. That's the worst one. I don't tweet. Oh. I just... You have an account. I, f- I follow my sports teams. I follow stuff like the UFC. Um, some I I don't pay for like the Auburn Insider stuff, like Undercover Two Four Seven or whatever. Right, right. But I I follow the the guys that write the articles. Oh, so you get the scoops. Yeah, and some sports celebrities like Christian Pulisic, Harry Kane, hmm. these soccer players. Yeah, I haven't heard of them, so that's probably that was my guess. Yeah. Um, and my teams and some news organizations, particularly Reuters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every time an opinion piece pops up, I just tell the Twitter algorithm that I don't want to see that content. Yes. Opinion pieces aren't news. They're opinion pieces. Right. And Reuters is great for AP is great for breaking news. Yeah. Like if something happens in the world, they're on top of it. Yeah. But they'll sneak in those opinion pieces and it's like, eh. I catch them. Yeah, I said, I don't want to see this. No, thank you. No, get out of here with that crap. Yeah, and particularly, they, instead of just having, they have a generic Reuters to follow, but then they have breaking news, world news, USA news, financial markets, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I follow several individual accounts. Oh, well. Like, R- vanilla Reuters is not going to talk about the instant those Gosh, that sounds weird. The instant those Thai boys are rescued. <laughs> because... The guys in the cave. The soccer team stuck in the cave. Right, because they're literally a day behind. Right. 
but the world news is all on it, you know? Right, they are. So it's it's basically it's, it's instant gratification on my part. Yeah. I mean, I that's the proper use of Twitter. You've curated your own Twitter account to get rid of the garbage and the ballyhoo, mm-hmm. all the poppycock that's out there. Yeah, and if, if I'm following a person on a team that I go for and they leave that team, I unfollow them. <laughs> Seriously. You don't, you don't follow players, you follow a team. You're devoted to the team, to the club. Yeah. Wow. Well, except for guys that play for national teams. Oh, well, sure. Like Christian Pulisic plays for Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga, which mm. is in Germany. I don't really follow the Bundesliga. Mm. You don't follow the Bundesliga? No, although they do show it on, it's either... Uh, NBC Sports or Fox Sports, and if it's on, I'm obviously I'm going to watch it because sure. it's soccer, and I'd rather watch soccer than anything else on TV. Sure, fair enough. But I don't have a particular team that I follow, like say Tottenham Hotspur mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Spurs. Yeah, but <laughs> if if someone on Tottenham's team leaves, I unfollow them because I no longer care what they have to contribute to their social media. I just don't. Maybe that's bad, but say la vie. What's the Tottenham? Is it the Blowing Bubble song? Is that their song? No, that's West Ham. That's West Ham? Please never make that mistake again. (laughs) He's about to come across the table at me, ladies and gentlemen. West Ham. Ugh. Is it the hated? You hate them? Or you're supposed to hate them? Not as much as I'm supposed to hate Arsenal. Hmm. But West Ham and Chelsea, after Arsenal, are tied Hmm. in terms of teams that I really, really, really dislike. Because you're a Spurs fan. Yes, and also the content of their character. Oh, wow. See, this is the thing with football teams known to the rest of the world as football. It would, it, like, and all, all three of these teams that I've mentioned are in London. So it would be like if every borough of New York had a professional team that was really good at yeah. the top level. Like, not like G League NBA, but like actual NBA teams. Yeah. I mean, you've got the Brooklyn Nets, you've got the New York Knicks. I'm not sure where they're based out, what borough they're based out of, but... Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know the city. Yeah. Like the Bronx Knickerbockers or something. <laughs> you know. No, it sounds intense. And, uh, you know, I also love watching, like, you know, British comedies. You're watching the... I love British comedies, too. I'm right there with you. What were you watching again? The Garden Show? Love Your Garden. Love Your Garden, hosted with by... Alan Titmarsh. <laughs> Mr. Titmarsh, yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's it's actually surprisingly good. They they make gardens really pretty. <laughs> yeah, there's something to say about it. There's something about a nice garden. There is. Yeah, it's it's an orderliness out of the chaos. Mm-hmm. It's like the mother, the chaos of Mother Earth, and it gives. Well, oh, they say the water features are very soothing. Yeah, that can be. I've sat in a few Japanese gardens. And well, I get like 15 minutes into the episode, and I'm like, okay, pause. I'll finish the other 45 minutes of this episode. Time to go look at Instagram fitness models. Tomorrow. No, I'm just going to sleep <laughs> at that point. No, 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 no. No, no, The, no, the no, fitness no. models, they come before. Well, and you know, the other day, somebody brought up guilty pleasures, and they're like, I ate a bunch of ice cream. That's my guilty pleasure. Like, what are America's greatest... Like, I ordered delivery. That's my other guilty pleasure as American. No, 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 no. Like, go through the whole list. There's one thing that is clearly a guilty pleasure that a lot of Americans enjoy that is not on that list. It came out today. The top websites. Most visited websites. 
three or four of the top ten? Porn. Was Pornhub the top one? Yeah. Yeah. They're good at what they do. Yeah. They, they curate that site well. Um, and it's like, okay, that's the number one guilty pleasure in the United States by far. The, oh, the stati- and they keep statistics, right? Yeah. So if you're watching the Super Bowl, they can pinpoint your location of going so like during the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, right? If your team's losing, they notice a spike in numbers and from the area that goes for that team <laughs> when they're losing. <laughs> it's it's so funny to for the, when they overlay that kind of information uh, that's to so, see the numbers. That's so sad, but that makes so much sense. It's like, oh my team's losing, I'm gonna go look at porn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the amount of information that I'm sure, like, Pornhub, or I think another one of these is, like, X-Hamster or X-Videos or something like that. Mm. It was, like, how much money are they probably making via data mining? Yeah. Yeah, well, I actually, I have a I have a plug-in mm-hmm. on my computer that prevents... Data mining? Di- well, cryptocurrency mining. Oh. So instead of malware now, a lot of days, like instead of adware, malware, things like that, they essentially turn your computer oh. into a miner. Yeah. Yeah. And for these new, yeah. newer like, cryptocurrencies. Even like Pornhub was like, we're going to do this for a week and see what happens. Huh. So you go on the website, you do your thing. And for Pornhub, it was only while they were on the website. Okay. It would mine. And they wanted to see if the revenue that they generated from cryptocurrency mining would be greater than or equal to that of their traditional advertisements. Yeah. They found that that was not the case. Right. Conversely, the Pirate Bay didn't do it when you were just on the website. If I recall, it was like they turned it, they turned your computer into a miner for like a day. Wow. And they found that it did generate more revenue from the cryptocurrencies than they did from the advertisements. That's amazing to me. So That's... I have a plug-in on my computer that prevents it from being used hmm. as a miner because it'll... I mean, it's it a laptop. To... I don't have a great video card. It would have to be a newer cryptocurrency. Like, you couldn't do... I remember the days of Bitcoin where you could buy like an ASIC miner or you could hook up a video card, a nice one, and you know, mine Litecoin. But... Oh, there's there's still like a pretty as far as I if I recall there's still a pretty big shortage of like good video cards out there. All right. and, and websites are saying you cannot buy this for mining. There are people that want to use it for gaming. If you want to use it for gaming, you yes, we got them for you. Yeah, but how do you confirm me? that? I genuinely don't know. I don't know either. Well, that was the show, man. Wow, that hour went fast. Yeah, it did. Oh my brain. I'll be back tomorrow night. Well, with Christy. Should be fun. Oh, it'll be a lot of fun. Gonna be a good time? Yeah, she always is great on the show. She's the one who provided, you know, my voice here. Joey Clark. Thank you for that, Christy. That is good. Yeah. I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. Till then. Stay safe.